0: Welcome to Engineering Fields of Dreams podcast. We're here to share stories and professional experiences of engineers across disciplines and let you explore the amazing world of engineering. Each episode, you'll hear inspiring stories and advice from engineers, allowing you to learn from their successes and experiences. Whether you're an engineering student, a veteran engineer, or just curious about engineering, we invite you to join us and explore the amazing and ever-changing world of engineering. Welcome to this episode, Lighting the Path Forward,
1: with our guest, Suzanne. Thanks for being here today, Suzanne. Would you please introduce yourself?
2: Hi, Matt. I'm Suzanne Lansford. I'm a registered professional engineer, and I own a tiny electrical engineering firm specializing in streetlight and traffic signal design. I graduated from ASU and spent about 10 years in the nuclear industry and then transitioned to civil engineering, which pretty quickly led to specializing... In the electrical infrastructure side of civil projects. And that's what we do today.
1: Wonderful. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Um, Why did you choose this career?
2: Well, I pretty much fell into it. I I was doing some civil engineering projects and and learning a lot because it was different from where I'd been. And so they had me doing some horizontal control design and vertical control for roadways and some parking lot layouts and some drainage connection permits and drainage designs. And it was just really a, Broad education, and then one day someone said, "Hey, Lansford, aren't you electrical?" And I said, "Well, yeah." He says, "Well, how come you're not doing our lighting plans?" I said, "Because that's kind of a specialty. I don't, I don't know about lighting." They said, "Well, just throw some lights out there," and I thought, "Throw some lights out there? That doesn't sound right." <laughs> so I, uh, I went back uh, to school, took some courses, and learned about lighting, and that's how I got into doing street lights and also same for traffic signals.
1: That sounds like a, a very interesting non-linear way into traffic design and signal.
2: Well, speaking of non-linear, the transition from nuclear to civil was even less linear than that because yeah. I had been doing uh, nuclear plant support assignments. And for those, you have to travel to nuclear sites. And I was so tired of traveling and I wanted to just settle down and moved to Florida. I was in a small town and I opened up the newspaper and there was an ad for a civil engineer. Well, I'm an electrical engineer, but I called them anyway. And I told them my experience. I had just gotten to pass the PD exam, professional engineer exam. And and they pretty much laughed at me. They're like, yeah, okay, well, thank you very much for your interest. But if we ever do any nuclear plant electrical support, we will definitely give you a call. And I said, but wait, we do CAD designs. We do Excel spreadsheets. We do project management. We talk to our customers and make sure they understand why they're paying $10,000 for two pieces of paper. And if you need somebody who can do that, I can definitely help you out. Uh-huh. And so that's how I made the transition. They just needed somebody to help do those things. So.
1: Okay.
2: Transferable skills, man.
1: Yeah, transferable skills. And that leads nicely to my next question. What is one thing that you know now that you wish you knew before graduation?
2: Well, the I, the sensibility to transferable skills was already in my mind during school because I do like to diversify the things that I do. And even during school, my advisors were saying, oh, you need to specialize in a part of electrical engineering so that you can be more hireable when you finish. And, uh, and the attention with that was like people who like Intel is going to hire either a software designer or a chip designer. And the power company is going to hire somebody who specializes in power systems. And the cell companies are going to hire people that do field wave, wave electromagnetics or software design or something like that. So you need to focus. But the way that i came into electrical engineering i just went to that college because i didn't know what i wanted to do and that the college of electrical engineering had higher standards for entry and it was my parents advice who said well if you go into electrical engineering then when you decide what you really want to do it'll be easier to transfer out because the standards won't be as high mm-hmm. <laughs> i said okay sounds good so i went and started taking general studies courses and some of the uh, the in- introductory Electrical engineering courses were transferable on the, on, as the, could apply to any degree. And they were so interesting. And I started getting into it more and started getting into those lab classes. And it was just so cool to me. And it's not anything that was in my head at all going into college. I was just going to college to get a degree and do something and graduate and, and have a life. And, and there was no part of me that was drawn to engineering. But when I came across it, I found it just fascinating. And uh, it appealed to appealed to my sense of uh, to the idea that you could use math and science to describe things that before that I thought were just completely subjective. It was just a new world to me. I took a course in error control coding, which is where you, you can understand the different methods of of complexity that you can use if you have, for example, a a compact disc with a scratch on it mm-hmm. and the scratch completely inundates the uh, destroys the data and that little part with the scratches you can have coding built into your to your cd on the cd so that when it plays it will understand what the error was and how to fix it based on math that needs to happen within the code and i thought wow that's cool and then field and wave electromagnetics I'm like wow what's cooler than that i had no idea about anything about that. And so I just took that basic course. And then there, the power courses that we all had to take were interesting. And I ended up with a very diverse degree. And consequently, the offers that I got were almost non-technical, like the Navy wanted fighter pilots and Intel needed sales engineers. And what I eventually went with was Sergeant Delundi, an electrical, a nuclear plant design company, needed some electrical engineering support. So and
1: I, now you have your own business.
2: I do have my own business. After I had gotten into electrical infrastructure design, and I was the only person at that civil engineering firm that was doing electrical work, and so as a as an employee, I was like the one person out of 250 that was doing something that nobody else was doing, and it was kind of a challenge for them to uh, manage the resources that I needed and the meetings that I wanted to go to. So it, I thought, well, I can stop being an employee of this company and be an independent contractor, and then. Same as always, the engineering firm can send me the plans. I could do the design in CAD and send them back to be integrated into the plan set for construction and just send them an invoice and sign Mm -hmm. and scale. And I could have my own responsibility and they would not have to manage anything. And Mm -hmm. that appealed to everybody. And so that's how I ended up separating from that company. And uh, I was fine just being an independent contractor, but we had an opportunity come up that was federally funded and it required. Professional liability insurance and errors and in emissions insurance. So I thought, well, I better go look into that. And I went to a bunch of providers, and the cost of the premiums was ridiculous. It was like a 25 to 30% of what my gross was expected to be for the project. And I just made a side comment, like, how can I find it? was like, is everybody paying this much? And she says, Well, offhand, the agent says, Well, if you're incorporated, it would be a lot less. I thought, I can incorporate. (laughs) So I just went and looked up how to do that and got incorporated. And the insurance became immediately affordable at that time. And so that's how the company came about. And that was in 2006 or 2008 or something like that. And I've just been just plugging along with this corporation doing its bidding and anytime I need it to do something for me since then.
1: That's a great story. And I assume that you've had some challenging professional situations by running your own business.
2: I really thrive in the running my own business part because I can usually tell what needs to be done. And if I can do it in one hour or I need to work a couple of 24-hour days, Mm -hmm. I will do that. And I, I don't feel like I need to be regulated by a higher authority that is trying to regulate how everybody does things. Mm-hmm. Um, I do recognize, though, the need to, to have that done. Like, if you have a bunch of people doing similar work, there needs to be some regimen or some program or some culture that everybody can can follow. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's chaos.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so, so I'm I'm not. I don't mean to say that that to have standards and policies and and uh, regular working hours is a bad thing. It's absolutely necessary when you have a bunch of people working together. But I like these niche that I've found, and I can do it in the way that that I do. And let's see, a challenge for running the company. Well, cash flow is always a challenge. You need to be able to look far enough down the line to be able to uh, forecast what your spending rates are going to be. And there's some items that are so expensive, and they never go away. And that, especially these days, which was not the case when I got started, software subscriptions. Used mm-hmm. to be, you could buy a version of software, and if you were happy just sitting on that software forever, you could. But now, there almost none of the software that I use is uh, is one time perpetual license. It's all yeah. annual renewable, renewable. Yes, hundreds or thousands of dollars every year to renew that. So there's those that never go away. The insurance never goes away, and and so even I can't just sit back and take time off mm-hmm. unless I have already made the money to be able to do that. So yeah. Definitely cash flow is a challenge.
1: For sure. Um, what advice would you impart to someone just starting their careers?
2: There are a lot of distractions, especially today with political environments. And my advice for everybody starting the career is to just do the work that you need to do because there is no issue that is bigger and more important um, than the work that's on the table in front of you. Mm-hmm. So if you hear a comment that you don't like, or somebody doesn't like about about. Oh, it could be anything. I don't even want to give an example. Yeah. Um, uh, basically, the the company does not want to know how you feel in your heart about anything. Mm-hmm. They just want mm-hmm. the work to be done. Yeah. And while there may be a place to have conversations about non-technical and non-work related things, uh, it always comes back to the work. So just do the work. Just do the work. That's all they want. That's all I want. And that's all I want to do. And I don't want somebody accommodating me for anything. I just want them to talk to me about the work and I will provide the work. That is the best advice I could give is do the work. Nobody wants to know how you feel about yeah. it.
1: <laughs> yeah. And there's just so many landmines getting oh. in some of those non work topics. And we don't have to even list the topics. Okay. I think it is very sage advice to stay away from those landmines.
2: <laughs> Absolutely remember what we're being paid for yeah we're not paid to opine yes unless you are actually being paid to opine which is a very cool
1: gig yes it's (laughs) that is true but it's very often not in the engineering world (laughs) so well it's been a pleasure talking with you today and thank
0: you for being on the podcast well
2: thank you matt anytime my pleasure
0: We'd like to thank today's guests for sharing their professional experience and career advice. We appreciate their insight and taking the time to share them with our audience you the listener. Thank you for joining us on this journey and exploring the ever-evolving world of engineering. We hope we've inspired you to pursue your dreams and ambitions. Let us know if there are topics or fields you'd like to hear more about. Until next time, we wish you the best of luck on your engineering journey.